Welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And on November 1st, last night, Atlanta United was beaten by Columbus 2-0 in Game 1 of their Best of 3 MLS Playoff Series. It was not an unexpected result from Atlanta United, but I think most people would agree that it was a disappointing performance. And we're going to talk about that in this podcast. You're going to hear from manager Gonzalo Pineda, goalkeeper Brad Guzan, and winger Saba Lopchenitze. I'm going to answer your questions. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. Columbus 2, Atlanta United nothing. It was a very, very poor offensive game from the five stripes. But again... There's something about playing at Lower.com Field here in beautiful Columbus, where I'm looking outside my hotel window right now, that negatively affects this team. In two games here, they've taken a total of three shots, put one on goal, scored one goal. Last night, they set a franchise record with just one shot, tied a franchise record by not putting that shot on goal. They created just one chance against a crew team that did what it typically does, keeps the ball, puts teams under pressure. Atlanta United tried to affect the outcome by changing the formation and changing the tactics. Both teams typically like to keep the ball. They like to keep opponents under pressure. Atlanta United has tried that twice this season, once way back in March, lost 6-1. to one. Both teams are without several starters because of international duty. Again at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, they drew 1-1, but it was a last-second goal by Miles Robinson. In that game, Columbus had twice as many shots, almost twice as many shots on goal, created twice as many chances. So to try to go toe-to-toe with Columbus here in this playoff game and without your best player and MLS MVP candidate, Tiago Almada, didn't make a lot of sense. So Pineda, smartly, I think, changed the formation. Three center backs, two wing backs, three midfielders, Zande Silver underneath Yergo Shakamaki's to try to clog that middle, and it worked for the first 45 minutes. And then there was a defensive breakdown. There was a turnover in Atlanta United's third, and before you know it, Columbus was in on goal. Ronald Hernandez couldn't stop or couldn't prevent Cucho Hernandez from taking a left-footed rifled shot in the upper left corner, and that was it. Columbus had the one goal. Then later in the match, Zande Silva, just an inexplicable turnover, in Atlanta United's defensive third, 
Matan in on goal. He kind of did a step back that forced Ronald Hernandez to step on his foot. Penalty kick. Cucho completes his brace. That was that. I've, I felt bad for Hernandez. They've tried him at center back in the League's Cup and now in the playoffs, and it just he's just unlucky. It has not worked for him at that position. He was playing there because Pineda thought that he could step up and join the attack with his passing ability. That didn't happen last night. The defense wasn't great. Hernandez is a good guy, but in these moments, he's just been very, very unfortunate. But let's get into the sound. Let's listen to Pineda on that defensive game plan. I think overall, I mean, without Thiago, uh, we had to adjust a little bit the shape and trying to do a good job. I think the plan was working in the first half. We were limiting a lot the inner channels that they want to to expose, and uh, they couldn't create many chances in the first half. I think aside from that action at the end where Cucho does a good job, it's a good play uh, by Cucho. Um, and then we felt that if we could have gone you know, nil-nil at halftime, we could have probably the advantage, mental advantage mm-hmm. to go in the second half. Uh, um, so now I think next game we'll have Thiago back, we'll, we'll be at the bench, we'll be strong, and we have to be in the front foot. It's a life or dead uh, game and we have to go all in. And I agree with them. It did work. I mean, Columbus had one shot through the first 30 or 26 minutes or so. That was a Darlington-Nagby effort that... <laughs> Brad Guzan saved. And then and I was <laughs> I was telling uh Tom sitting beside me, watch at the thirty minute mark because things start to break down for Atlanta United in a lot of games. I've watched this over and over again. And sure enough, Columbus kind of started to figure out what it wanted to do, started to put Atlanta United under a lot of pressure, had like three shots in the next three minutes. But again, it was the turnover in Columbus's half of the field that led to like a, almost a three-on-two. Atlanta United started to get numbers back, but by then, Cucho was in on goal. Here's Pineda talking about why Atlanta United's offense struggled. No, we were missing the, the shots. I think we had a couple in the first half, a couple breaks that uh, maybe Gigi can take a couple, Shante can take a couple shots on, in there. There were a couple good actions. Um, you know, one cut back, I remember, from Brooks, uh, that maybe we can finish first time shots on goal. For some reason, we couldn't really find a window, but uh, we certainly um, had a couple actions in the final third. We have a couple uh, final third entries, but we couldn't finalize those. Yes, Thiago helps because of how many people he attracts and that creates other spaces maybe. Uh, But yeah, uh, I think it's an area where we have to do better. And then I've already explained why he chose Hernandez over Juanjo Parata as a center back. So then let's switch to how we thought a Johnny Fortune played as a central midfielder. He did a great job to me. I think he was very good. He was very solid there. He regained a lot of balls in the first half, especially on the ball. He was also very good. Uh, so I think he had a tremendous game. I think uh, when you review the game, I think we're going to see uh, a lot of very good individual performances. Many, many, plenty of good performances individually. It's just, you know, the the timing of certain movements and the final third that we need to do better. Um, yeah, but uh, plenty, plenty of good individual performances. And then Pineda was asked if he thought the team was set up to be too defensive. 
Oh, I don't think so. I think uh, we were solid in the middle block. Uh, of course, there were moments again, and that was a reflection at halftime where we had the advantage to to break and we didn't change the tempo. Uh, there were many moments in the first half where we break the initial press from Columbus. That actually is not easy, but you saw a lot of actions where Brad found Rosetto, Rosetto found Shande or Tristan and uh, in between the lines. And from there, we couldn't uh, change the pace pace, which was part of the plan. Once we break the first line of pressure to change the pace, play outside and then overlaps, underlaps and having uh, a lot of numbers inside the box uh, with Gigi, Shande, Tristan, Gianni, uh, Caleb and Brooks kind of higher on the field and just defend with the back three and Rosetto. I think uh, maybe we didn't create enough chances, but the buildup was very good in certain moments. It was the lack of uh, you know, ability to move the ball faster from the middle third to the final third that made us look like uh, we didn't have punch in the final third. But I don't think the team looked defensively. I think we looked good defensively, especially in the first half, solid, uh, very good middle block that was very difficult for Columbus to penetrate. Brad Guzan uh, was next up. He typically answers the bell after tough losses. He's the team captain. Uh, had a good game, made a couple of key saves. There was nothing he could do on Cucho Hernandez's shot. Penalty kicks, uh, you know, 75% in favor of the attacking player. So you can't fault a goalkeeper for not saving a penalty. Here's Guzan talking about the plan. It was a moment uh, for the first goal. Mm-hmm. Always said goals change games. And up until that point, um, I think we were frustrating them uh, in terms of what they wanted to do. Um, we lost the ball and within two, three passes, they were inside of our 18 yard box. Um, so just moments. What can you build off of? Well, anything good from this? Yeah. Um, you know, listen, the, the first half, um, you know, I, I thought up until that moment, you know, we, we knew it was going to be a difficult game. We knew it was going to be tough. It's a tough place to come. Um, they're a good team. They're a team that wants the ball. Uh, they're good on the ball. Um, and so all of those things combined, um, we were we were okay uh, in, until the goal. And so, you know, we'll, we'll go back and, and watch the, the game and find areas where we can get better. Uh, but listen, it's... It's round one. Uh, we now go into round two at home. And, you know, we've got to make sure we're we're ready for that come Tuesday night. As we mentioned, Tiago Almada was not in the lineup. He was serving a red card suspension from the regular season finale against Cincinnati. So he was point blank asked, will Almada fix the offense? I don't know if he'll fix everything. It certainly helps. Obviously, Tiago is a, a big piece of our team. He's a big piece on the attacking side of the ball for sure. But, um, you know, we we need to to look back at this game and and try as a, a group, uh, including Tiago. Um, you know, how do we how do we make sure that that we're 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 firing on on all cylinders? And then, kind of a good analogy from Guzan on just. What has to happen? You know, if, if I had a magic wand to, to say, you know, wave it around and, and all of a sudden we're going to go and create 15 chances, then obviously I'd do that. But that's not how it works. That's not how professional sports work. And we've got to uh, we've got to make sure we 
we have um you know the ability to analyze uh, be critical and and see how we can be better saba lopchenitze he was a second half sub it didn't really have an impact but no one had an impact so it's not a knock on him talking about the offense yeah uh, honestly um I'm I'm really disappointed about that uh, our offensive game, but I know it, it's okay. It was the first game. Still, we had we have a second game, so we have to heads up and uh, continue our job. You know. I hear Salah trying to explain what went wrong. Yeah, honestly, it's about the game. You know, like uh, it's about the details. You know, so uh, I think. Uh, Coach knows more than me, and uh, he he we will talk after the after the game and these details and uh, I don't know like uh, of course like uh, we will see after the next game you know like well what was the problem and uh, if you solve it you know. and how the offense couldn't function without Almada they play they, uh, honestly they play so good but uh, also our creative. Number ten, Tiago. Right. We don't have, you know. So it, it's a, uh, it's um, one of the most important player in offensive for us. He's creating our chances, you know. Like, and it's also it was also so hard to play without him. You know? All right. When we come back, I'm going to answer your questions. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just $0.99. Cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, our investigations, our food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com, plus access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. At subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. And I just... If you're an Atlanta United supporter, a, a fervent supporter, and you want information on the team, I, I I would encourage you to please subscribe. I'm at almost every training. I've covered 99% of the games. I would like to think I provide a lot of good information about Atlanta United, a lot of good talking points for you that you can go and disperse and use wherever you like to consume more information about the team. Um, just a thought. Now, we didn't get any calls to 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. So we're going to go into the regular mailbag. Before we do that, though, I want to brag on my kids real quick. My son and his debate partner went 4-0 last week. Congratulations to my boy. And my daughter got accepted into the social work school at Georgia. And I'm very, very proud of her. Thank you for indulging me. On to the questions. From Ron, earlier this week you stated Pineda would definitely be here for the 2024 season. Why? I'll get into that in just a second. 
I agreed when he argued he needed to be given a chance with a stronger roster. So this year he's been given a stronger midfielder, striker, and two wingers. He already had Almada and Robinson, two highly regarded national team players, plus Wiley and Lennon. The team has talent and a lot of it. But most of our wins seem more like luck than skilled team play. You yourself have stated the team can't make an adjustment on the fly. Pineda's game day rosters often leave people questioning his choices. He often seems determined to stick with a plan, even when it's clearly not working. It feels like there's always an excuse. At what point does the front office say he's not the guy? What's it going to take for Lagerway to say, I'm sorry, Gonzo? Thanks for your podcast, Ron. And he continues, without question, the trick-or-treaters prefer the Kit Kats over all the candies we offered. Well, Kit Kat is... A fantastic candy. Not as good as the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, but a fantastic candy. Okay, so first, I don't know if if, uh, if Lagerway makes the call on Gonzalo or if that would be Bocanegra. Bocanegra oversees the soccer side of things. So I think it would be Bocanegra making a recommendation to Garth and Garth saying, okay, yes, we can do that. But here's why. And, again, this goes back to subscribing to the AJC, subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, because this was in last Sunday's paper. It was online on AJC.com last Friday from our Atlanta United channel. I tweeted it out from my Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. I got to sit down with Lagerway before the Cincinnati game. I specifically asked him about the futures of Carlos Bocanegra and Gonzalo Pineda. And here is his answer. It's going to take a second for me to read, but just stick with it. This is a portion of the answer. Garth says, because once we get fully operational, the goal is going to be to win, right? Like, we just knew that we had some handicaps this year. We were suboptimally constituted, and so we wanted to have some of what we thought were achievable goals for where we were on our path. He's talking about finishing at least fourth in the East and advancing in the League's Cup, which neither they did neither, and he acknowledged that, and he continues. Ultimately, those are just those are symbolic, right? Like, because if you finish fourth, that would probably be an indicator that you're going the right direction for you advanced out of League's Cup. That's a tournament. It's really important to us long term. We think that grows our fan base. If you advance, that's symbolic progress, right? So what's another symbol of progress if you win a playoff series? Something we haven't done since 2019. That's a symbol of progress, right? And so again, you want to look at the season in totality, and you want to let the season play out, and you want to say, all right, we're getting to the meat end of the bone, and when the chips are down, can we do it or can we not do it? That's ultimately what we're going to look at. And then we're going to reflect on the totality of it and see where we are, and then we'll make our decisions if we need to. So right from the start, Garth acknowledges that he doesn't think the roster was maybe as talented as others. And I, you know, I thought it was a talented roster at the beginning of the season, but it was kind of clear that it wasn't. the parts didn't fit together very well. So they made some adjustments, and they did well once they made those adjustments. It would have been great for Tiago to be in Game 1 against Columbus, Either way, I still didn't think Atlanta United was going to win. And as I've said on Scarves and Spikes, those guys the other day, it's more of a compliment to Columbus than a knock on Atlanta United. Columbus is just really, really good. And Atlanta United is good, but Columbus is really, really good. And they're at home, and this is what is supposed to happen for the home teams. That's why only one road team has won in the playoffs so far. Now let's see what happens in game two. But – Pineda's contract is through 2024, and then there are options after that. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Now, he could decide he wants to go somewhere else, but I don't think that's in his character. I don't think that's what he would do. 
On to Patrick, who asks, is it time to get a new goalkeeper? Why? A lucky goalkeeper might have stopped Cucho Hernandez's first shot. The second was a penalty kick. And for all of you who keep trying to judge the skill of a goalkeeper by a penalty kick, to me, that's that's just crazy. I mean, it's set up for the shooter to win. If a goalkeeper guesses right and gets lucky, boom. All right, fine. But it's all about luck, stopping a shot on a penalty kick. Guzan made a couple of other saves. Now, as I've said many times, I do think Atlanta United is going to bring in a goalkeeper to challenge Guzan next year. But if you're blaming Guzan for last night's loss, that's that's the wrong place to look. What plans are there to replace Miles when he leaves in January? I'm sure the team is looking. Uh, I talked about this in a previous Garth Lagerway Q&A that ran last week, too. Um, the team is holding out to see if perhaps Robinson doesn't get an offer that he likes as much as staying in Atlanta, and he comes back in the January window. If he decides to move on, I'm sure they have a lot of candidates. They've never had trouble signing what looked like it was going to be a, a potential quality center back. They just haven't had very much luck once they actually got into Major League Soccer and started playing, going back to uh, Alan Franco and then um, I've forgotten his name, the center back during the COVID year who came and left after one season. Um, he started for a bit, and it just didn't work out for him either. Why does Atlanta continue to switch off on defense? Hernandez was horrific in coverage and gave away the unnecessary penalty. It wasn't that they switched off. It was a turnover, which they – did not expect because it was just a bizarre turnover, frankly, uh, by Jean de Silva. And some people are saying that Matan uh, dove on the penalty. It, I couldn't tell, but it was a penalty. He stepped on his foot. Uh, I don't know if horrific. Horrific might be a bit strong. Unlucky, bad decision. Um, I don't think that's switching off, though. Nick asks, can I give one reason for pessimism and one reason for optimism for next week's game? Well, optimistically, the team is at home where it was much, much better than it was last year. I'll give you two reasons. And Tiago Almada should be back in the lineup. So at home during the regular season, Atlanta United uh, went 10-3-4. Columbus on the road was 4-8-5. So that's a reason to be optimistic. Conversely, it didn't really matter much when Tiago was in the lineup a few weeks ago when Columbus came to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Columbus still outplayed them. Now they're going to have a chance to end this series at two games, the best of three series at two games. I imagine they're going to try to go for it. Um, they're a very well-coached, well-drilled team. They have all the pieces they want for their tactics. I think Atlanta United is still missing a couple. So there's your pessimism and there's your optimism. On to chance with the questions of the week. Woohoo! I hope you're enjoying your coffee and that you stayed warm while up in Ohio. I'm still in Ohio and I'm warm in my hotel room. It's incredibly concerning how poor our performance was without Almada. Mayumba, although decent on the ball, was trying to foul his way out of the game. I don't know if he was trying to foul his way out of the game, but he was committing fouls. Silva constantly fumbling the ball in key areas. Fortune is just not ready for this level of play. I thought Fortune played okay. I mean, I didn't have any problem. With any, I didn't see any glaring mistakes. I think it was Wiley that had the turnover on Columbus's first goal. I'll have to go back and watch. And then Hernandez. You'd see the crew make passing and attacking look easy and then see that it's clearly not easy by how Atlanta failed to do the same. 
As always, I appreciate the boys playing to the end and still trying to make something happen, but it was upsetting to see how much better of a team Columbus is. Man, do I miss Nagby and Gressel too. Here's to hoping for two wins in a row. Well, yeah, that's the only way it laying out it is going to advance is two wins in a row, which means they've got to play so, so much better than they have the previous two times they've played here at Lower.com Field, which is a beautiful stadium, by the way. If you haven't been, beautiful stadium. Uh, awful press box for working conditions, but a beautiful stadium to come and visit if you're a supporter. So it's not really a question. It's more of a thought from Chance. Uh, let's just go through again. Uh, yeah, the team was poor without Almada. Uh, franchise record low one shot. Tied a franchise record low zero shots on goal. Just one chance created. And I, I don't even remember what it was, but it was uh, Thierry who created it. There were plenty of times Brooks Lennon was rolling down the right side, uh, getting into space, but he would not get the pass from a teammate, uh, which, is you know, Pineda talked about that earlier. Fortune, I thought, had a decent game. Hernandez covered just in these tournament games when he's been that third center back. Uh, for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked going back to Cruz Azul in the League's Cup. And it's not like he's playing consistently bad throughout. It's just one or two key moments that just don't go his way. You do see the crew make passing and attacking look easy. That's Nancy's style. It goes back to Montreal. He's a fantastic coach. They've built a good team to fit those tactics. Atlanta United is still doing that right now. Uh, and we'll see what happens. You miss Nagby and you miss Gressel. Yep, those are good guys. Uh, but at those salaries, they they wanted to get paid. I don't blame them for leaving. Um, there you go. Here's a reminder to tell your friends about our show, and please give us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple. That's what helps grow the podcast. We'll come back next week. Let's see. Atlanta United hosts Columbus on a Tuesday, so we'll have the podcast probably – Monday morning to preview. It's uh, not like it's a it's a, just a weird schedule. So they'll play again on the seventh. It's a seven p.m. start at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Then game three, if they need one, is on the twelfth. We'll have a podcast out on the sixth. Please tell your friends about it. Please follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Please hug your loved ones. Please communicate with your loved ones. Thanks for listening to Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Y'all take care. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see do and enjoy along the world's most famous beach daytona beach florida beach on in atlanta one voice has stood out for over four decades an ajc original the monica pearson show let's talk about how you got to espn revealing interviews you are known as america's doctor but i want to know who you were before that when you have a different name you have different color skin it can be tough with atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before i'm telling my story this is the american dream the monica pearson show streaming now on ajc.com